Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets KC, the podcast that teaches you a little bit about the financial planning world, how to get ready for retirement and things like that. Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens. He's the president and wealth advisor at KC Financial Advisors, serving you throughout Kansas City with an office in Overland Park. You can find us online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com and learn more about the complete planning review, the CPR process that David and the team does for clients. David, great to be with you this week. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Walter. It's um, June in Kansas City, and uh, it doesn't seem like that long ago that it was February and freezing cold, and now all of a sudden it's June and it's pretty warm. How things change over a few conversations, (laughs) right? Exactly. So, yeah, it's uh, we're having a nice summer here in Kansas City. Well, as the temperature heats up outside, the quality of questions heats up. In our mailbag as well. Listener questions galore on today's show. It's another mailbag edition of Cover Your Assets KC. We've done a few of these in the past where we answer your questions on the show, and we encourage you to submit questions. It might be featured on a future show, and you can send those in by emailing David, ddickens at kcfa.com, ddickens at kcfa.com. So we're going to cover a little bit of ground on today's show. We've got questions about IRAs, some other questions about um, particular stocks, uh, somebody thinking about planning for weddings, and lots of other good things, 401k, work questions, all that and more on the way on today's show. David, you ready to be peppered with some of these questions? Well, I think I'm ready, but we're going to find out here real quick. That's right. We'll see if any of these stump you or throw you for a curve or a loop. I don't think that'll be the case because I imagine you get these kinds of things all the time in your office. Uh, Let's dive into the first one. Jerry will be up first today. And Jerry says, we have two daughters in their mid-20s and we'll probably be paying for weddings for both of them soon. What's a good way to invest money for an expense like this? We'll probably need it relatively soon. We just don't know exactly when. Yeah, so... uh Jerry, I have three daughters, and so I get exactly where you're coming from. So what what we don't know is um, how much you're going to be spending on these weddings. They can go for, you know, five grand a piece or 50 grand a piece or more. But let's just say that you're going to spend 25 grand each on, on these two weddings. So we're talking about 50 grand that you've got sitting around, and you're trying to figure out uh, how to invest it. Now, I get questioned like this on a somewhat regular basis, not necessarily for weddings, but they've got, you know, a home down payment or whatever. They've got a chunk of money. They want to do something with it, but they're they're unsure what to do and whether or not it's safe. So you mentioned that this is going to be relatively soon. To me, in my world, that's kind of within the next 12 months. The market, stock market, is pretty high right now. You wouldn't put the money into bonds because short-term bonds aren't going to pay you anything better than a bank, so you ought to just leave it in a bank. But if you put it in the stock market, a couple of things to consider. First of all, the stock market is pretty high right now on a valuation basis, looking historically. It could absolutely go higher, and my base case is that it will. So let's just say that over any 6- to 12-month period, market could be up 10% or down 10%. So you're 50 grand that you've got sitting around here, if the market's down 10%, well, your 50 grand just turned into $45,000. Or market's up 10%, well, maybe you're $55,000 instead of 50,000. This assumes you're not going to go put it into a meme stock like AMC Theaters, where you're hoping that the 50,000 turns into 100,000. 
Because if you're doing something like that, then it could easily, the 50,000 could turn into 25,000, and that's not very fun. So a lot of it boils down to how you feel about winning or losing. Most people, studies have shown that most people with their money feel pretty good about winning, but they really hate losing. And so if you look at that, um, that little uh, situation I just set up where your 50,000 could either turn into 45,000 or 55,000, you might say, you know what, Dave, I don't really care because I've got a big stack of money sitting over here. And if I had to make up the difference, no big deal. But if you say to yourself, man, if that 50 grand, if I lost $5,000 because I was trying to get smart in the market, I would be so mad. And my wife, would be so mad at me. Well, then don't do it, Jerry. Stick it in a bank account. Understand that you're going to earn eh, basically nothing, but you know that when that first wedding bill comes around, you're going to have the cash. Kind of always boils down to time horizon and your willingness to take risk with that money. It's a great question. And based on having three daughters, David, I don't think Jerry could have asked a better person for <laughs> this. And someone who's gone through this relatively recently, right? Within the last few years, you've gone through a few of these. So I have. So uh, I'd say, Jerry, good luck with all that. <laughs> Enjoy the ride because it's going to be fun. Yep, going to be a whirlwind. Hopefully that helps you out a little bit there, Jerry. If you have any other questions uh, regarding this specifically or something else in your financial life, don't hesitate to reach out to David. You can get in touch, 913 913- 317-1414 or online at coveryourassetskc.com. And we put contact information in the description or show notes section of today's show. Let's go over to Kate, who's got another question for you, David. Kate says, I have a catch-22. I have some Apple stock that I really want to sell because I've made a lot of money over the years, but I'm worried about the tax bill I might create when I sell. So what's more important, capturing gains or keeping my taxes low? Oh, Kate, that's a really good one. You know. Um so without knowing whether you're independently wealthy or whether you are 26 and you've had this stock for 18 months and you're early in your career, it's kind of hard to, to give an answer. But here's a couple of things you want to consider. If you happen to find yourself in a tax bracket that is either 10% or 12%, in other words, as a single, you make 40 grand taxable income or less, or as married filing joint, 80 grand or less then your long-term capital gain rate on that Apple stock will be zero. You'll pay zero tax if you're in the 10 or 12% bracket. So then you don't have a tax problem. You just sell the stock. You're allowed to rebuy it right away. There's no 30-day wash sale rule on a gain. That only, accounts, that only happens on a loss. So you could sell it, pay no tax if you're in a 10 or 12% bracket, and rebuy it, and your cost basis would go up to where it is today. Maybe you're concerned that Apple has run too far and you also, you're also thinking, hey, I got a tax problem, but do I really want to have that much of my net worth all wrapped up in Apple? If you can sell it at that long-term capital gain rate, or even, Kate, if your income is taxable income is less than $445,000 as a single or $501,000 as married filing joint, you're only going to pay 15% long-term capital gain rate on that Apple stock. And then what you might do is sell it, pay that modest amount of tax, and then redeploy the cash. Maybe you put a little bit of it in Apple, but the rest of it you diversify into other investments. So, you know, our tax is going to be higher or lower in the future. President Biden is talking about some stuff, but unless you 
make, you know, certainly over a million dollars a year, your taxes would be going up. Uh, if you make more than 400000 he's kind of talking about raising your rates. But there's a lot of senators that aren't going to agree to that. So it's very questionable whether tax rates are going up uh, over the next year or so. So I think just encourage you to look at how you feel about Apple stock and whether or not this qualifies for a long-term capital gain rate, which it says it is. And then if somewhere between 0 and 15% tax rate sounds pretty good to you, which it very well might, uh, then I'd encourage you to uh, look at selling it and uh, paying that little bit of tax right now, and then probably diversifying your holdings, uh, even though Apple has been and probably will continue to be a pretty terrific stock in the future. Paying tax is not really a bad thing when you made money. It's just a cost of doing business thing kind exactly. of uh, in a way, right, David? Like it's you nothing to be sad about because it's kind of a good thing to have to pay tax because right. it means you don't money pay tax on losses. So yeah. good, for, good for you, Kate, that you've got that uh, and that you've been able to hold it for more than a year so that it would qualify for long-term capital gains. Save you some money right there. Absolutely. Another great question. Thank you, Kate. Again, you can call David if you've got further questions on this, 913-317-1414. And that goes for anybody. Feel free to get in touch anytime. We're online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. All right, let's go to Alex's question. Alex says, uh, our IRAs seem like they haven't made much money for the past two years. Hmm. Is our broker just not paying attention to our accounts or what? Well, so Alec, maybe, uh, maybe your broker is, and, and, and I don't know whether your broker is actually an advisor who's a fiduciary or whether your broker is a, a non-fiduciary, but what you'd want to do is, because the markets have done pretty well over the last couple of years, and I think one thing you'd want to look at is what your broker or advisor knows about your risk tolerance. If your person that you work with happens to be a fiduciary, then they are not going to have you out on a limb, so to speak, as far as your risk tolerance goes. So it might be that your returns are underperforming because they have you at maybe a moderate risk tolerance. If that's the case, they probably have you about 60% in stock and 40% in bonds. Let's just say that the market's up 10% and your 60% of your portfolio went up 10%. But the 40% you have in bonds well, these days with interest rates rising, that was either probably earned zero or maybe a little bit negative. So your total portfolio, instead of being up the 10% a year that you have in your brain, because that's what the stock market did, it only went up five or 6% because you have a bond component in there. If you're really an aggressive investor and you want that market return, then you probably shouldn't have any or very few bonds in that portfolio. And at that point, you would get most or all of that 10% market gain. Now, if the market happened to go down 10 or 15%, you'd get all of that too. So I just encourage you to have a chat with that person, broker, advisor, fiduciary or not. Have a chat and say, why didn't I perform more like the market? And I'll bet that there's a pretty good answer other than, gee, I really wasn't watching your account. So have that conversation, Alec. Anybody worth, worth working with is going to want to have that conversation with you and get it figured out because we all like happy clients. 
That's a great point. Uh, happy clients is a good thing, and uh, I know that everybody would like to be considered <laughs> part of that category, David. So really good question, Alec. Thanks for that one as well. All right, let's go to our last one, David. This one's from Michael. Michael says, I have several old 401ks from companies that I used to work for, and I'm getting tired of keeping up with all these statements. Can I just combine them all into one account? Or maybe the question is, should I combine them? So, Michael, the answer is yes and probably. So I think that there's a really good reason to combine those into one account. The the caveat there is you might have traditional 401k and Roth 401k, and those cannot be combined. But in all the people you were, used to work for, maybe you have six different 401ks. Two of them are Roth, four of them traditional. You can combine those six accounts into two, an IRA rollover and, an, and a Roth IRA rollover. So you'll be down to two accounts. And all of a sudden, you've got something that's pretty manageable. You'll feel more organized. You'll have fewer moving parts. You'll be more organized. And frankly, it's easier to visualize the amount of risk that you're taking when you have way fewer accounts. And of course, when you're 72 and you have to start taking required distributions, that makes the whole thing much more simple if you have your IRA in one place. One caveat I would say is, um, Michael, if you happen to be 56, 57, 58, the company that you last worked for, but maybe you got laid off, quit, fired, etc. If you were 55 or older when that happened, but not yet 59 and a half, if you take money out of an IRA rollover, you're going to pay the taxes and a 10% penalty. The one reason to keep that 401k at your ex-employer is if you left under any circumstances after your 55th birthday and you want to take money out of that account before 59 and a half, you do not pay the 10% penalty. You still pay the tax, but you're not penalized for taking that money out of a 401k. But if you've rolled that over into an IRA, you would have the 10% penalty before 59 and a half. So, Michael, not knowing any more about your situation than that, those are kind of the, the things that you'd want to consider. But, but it's, it can be important to preserve that option if you're in that age 55 to 59 and a half group. Lots of things to consider there for you, Michael, and hopefully that points you in a few good directions. Uh, I always think it's wise in many ways in life to try and consolidate things, simplify. And so, yeah, if you've got things spread around a whole bunch of different accounts, that can just be hard to get a good understanding or picture of how everything's working together. Maybe best to get it all under one umbrella or at least fewer umbrellas. Um, might be the way to go there. So if you need help figuring that out or working with a professional to help you kind of uh, choose the path forward and make some good decisions along the way, Michael, because you want to do all these things the right way, because sometimes those uh, rollovers or changes can be tricky if you don't follow the rules particularly. Uh, probably a great reason to meet with somebody like David Dickens, which, by the way, if you want to get in touch to talk about this further, or any of you who are listening to today's show have any questions, again, you can reach David at 913 913- 317-1414 or online at coveryourassetskc.com. Just check the description of today's show for contact information. And you can go through the complete planning review process, the CPR, and find out what your financial plan looks like, where you need to go in the future, and how to get there. David, thanks for the help on the program today. Always enjoy these mailbag editions where you get to kind of talk directly to the listeners and help them out with their issues and questions. And uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again next week. 
Yeah, I will look forward to that. I just want to give you a little heads up, Walter. Next oh, yes. week, I'm going to ask you about your planning process for your last two-week vacation. Two-week vacation. All right. So let me let me think first of all if I've ever it. had one. Hmm. I'll ponder. I'll ponder. There you go. Good. <laughs> Very good. We will uh, tackle that next week. Interesting to see what that topic results in. Uh, come back and join us for another edition of the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Thanks for listening. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and KC Financial Advisors are independent of each other.